Welcome to the Market Call Show, where we discuss what's happening in the markets and the impact on your investments. Tune in every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, Louis Giannis here for the Market Call Show. I want to talk about the markets today, in particular because there's some big trend changes that appear to be developing, and there's still quite a bit of fear out there in the marketplace. And I want to kind of show some of the technical stuff I'm looking at and also some of the groups that seem to be hitting buy points and what the implications are in the market. As we know, we have had a lot of fear in the market because of rising interest rates, and we've had quite a negative market over the last year. But that seems to be making a shift. And I want to point that out here, uh, looking at the S&P chart here. This chart here is a weekly chart of the S&P 500. And you could see back in March of 20, uh, uh, 2020, we had that big decline, right? And then we went into a bull market and then we had that massive, I wouldn't call it a massive bear market, but a pretty ugly bear market for most people, mostly because there was no place to hide with the bond market. So many traditional investors who were moving money out of equities to be more conservative into bonds, we're not getting positive returns in those bonds or even flat returns. In fact, the bond market went down quite a bit. So when we look at this market here, one of the things we want to look at is just the general trend. And we just want to look at the overall waves and peaks and troughs of the market because it does give us a sense about the psychology of the market. And as we look right now, you can see that there's obviously this general trend coming down, right? And the, the, this trend coming down did in fact break, which is significant. You can see we had higher highs, or I'm sorry, lower lows, right? And these and lower highs. So we came down, up at a lower low, down further than the prior low. And then as we rallied, we stopped below the prior high. And, and that just means a downtrend. So that downtrend did in fact break clearly as you can see here, now we are breaking above that downtrend line. We did have a nice little breakout from that, that trend, and this is on a weekly basis. So you can see there's a trend change. So most technicians will say this is a trend change, not, not necessarily a bull market, but it could be the first indication that we do indeed have a bull market on our hands. Now, one of the things that I've noticed is that if you look at the cubes, which is the QQQ, ticker, which is the NASDAQ, you can see the trend also looks similar. So if we come over here and we look at this peak and we kind of draw this trend line going down, same scenario. Uh, it was a more rough decline, a deeper decline. Uh, and you can see the relative strength rating is 41. That's just to shows, you know, how strong or weak an investment is. 41 is on the low side. So the more aggressive NASDAQ, NASDAQ tech-oriented companies did bottom out, and they have a trend change, if you will. So what we're going to be looking for now from an overall market perspective is we're going to be looking for signs that the consolidation is continuing to be over and that we're not going to have a fallback down into the kind of prior trading range. So in the S&P 500, the trend seems to be a little bit more constructive than in the NASDAQ. And that has to do with because there are some large tech companies that are not necessarily doing so well. Their trends have not been as positive on the reversal side. But with that said, what's even more important or more interesting, I should say, 
is what we're seeing with some of the individual stock names. So when we look at the kinds of stocks that are doing well, most of the stocks that we're seeing that look very interesting are in housing, which is a leading sector. So it's, it's interesting. One of the concepts that I wanted to discuss was whenever you have a bifurcation or a difference between what the fundamentals are saying and what the technicals are saying, it's really important to understand how you can reconcile that. By default, I trust the technicals more than the fundamentals, primarily because technicals tend to lead. The price tends to lead the actual fundamentals. So if you think of the conventional wisdom right now, because we've had rising interest rates, most people are thinking that the housing market is likely to continue to decline. And we have seen a general peak in the price of homes. If you look at various benchmarks, you could see kind of a, a peak and a rollover. And in many locations, we've seen some drops, uh, some rather significant. For example, I noticed that in Austin, for example, those are uh, pretty decent declines in, in the real estate prices. So the conventional wisdom is that, the you know, why would you buy a home builder if the home building area doesn't look good. And that's, that's interesting because when you actually look at the stocks, you get a little bit of a different picture. I'm gonna pull up some of these stocks and I'm just gonna sort through some of the names that look interesting to me and have come up in screens. One thing we know for sure, this is not your parents' economy. I want to make available to you a copy of my book, The Financial Freedom Blueprint. The very first chapter you can download for free, and in that chapter you'll learn on ways to stay ahead of the herd, how to invest in this crazy environment, and how to make sure your financial plans are on track. So go to pathtorealwealth.com and download your free copy today. So one of the things I like to do is I like to just screen out stocks, and uh, let me give you a little bit of background of the types of screens that I like to do. This is one particular screen that I like to look at, and what I do is I look at you know companies that are above their 21-day moving average, above their 50-day moving average, and 200-day moving average. So that just means their trend is turning positive. And I also want to see the 10-day moving average greater than the 21-day, greater than the 51-day. I also like to see the 50-day moving average greater than the 150. So basically what that does is just gives you an uptrend. And I'm looking for companies that are not really far down, you know, that are like from the peak, they're Generally, they, you want them to be closer to their highs. That indicates strength. And that, in particular, during a bear market like we've just been in, you can find a lot of the leadership there. So I'm looking for companies that where their earnings per share growth is, in, <clears throat> excuse me, in the top 20%. And I'm also looking for them to have relative performance in the top 20% in the overall markets. I'm kind of excluding out international stocks and ADR stocks and no exchange traded funds things like that i also like to look at companies that are pretty um liquid i'm looking at stocks that have 30 million dollars of uh, daily uh, dollar volumes okay so if we look at these stocks and if we start just scrolling through them i'll share my screen so you can see okay so here are the stocks so i've got them sorted and i like one of the things i do like to do is to sort these based on their relative strength from high to low. So when I'm looking at them from high to low, I can see the strongest stocks to see which ones have had the strongest moves. And I'm just kind of going from top to bottom. 
Uh, here's one of our holdings, actually, uh, Elf Beauty, which had a, a pretty good, nice little earnings per share report. The earnings per share were up 100%, and we had a big rally. So that was one of our better performing stocks. And then we're starting to see companies like, you know, smaller companies that are in the tech sector, electronics semiconductor area. So the semis are looking pretty decent in general. That group is pretty strong. Here's another one, Allegro, Micro, that's doing well. We're also seeing some of the basic materials type companies, in particular those that are related to uh, building. And so that really tells you a lot. That tells you that, that there's still some bullish signals there uh, for the economy. And even some of the more uh, retail-oriented companies that are, have something different, like Academy Sports, which I have, tend to actually like, uh, that, that particular retailer is doing well. So when the retailers are doing well, consumer, consumer discretionary stocks, that is a good sign in general. But one of the things that's a consistent trend that we're seeing is these home builders. These home builders are really starting to perk up. Uh, one of them uh, that I like is Meritage Homes, which is a, they, it's a, it's a home builder that focuses in on single family detached homes for the first and second home buyer because the demographics are changing so much. I really like builders that are in that, that arena. And you know, there are certain companies that are related to helping clean up the environment or keep the environment clean that are doing well. For example, clean harbors would be one of them. So I, this is the trend that I'm starting to see. Here's another home builder, DR Horton, is also doing well. And you can see their, their earnings are actually doing pretty well. As, and, and that's one of the things we like to see, right? Um, you know, DR Horton is not doing as well earnings-wise as some of the smaller ones, like I had mentioned to you, that are building the, doing the first and second home uh, uh, markets. Also, Penske Automotive, some of these automotive stocks continue to do well. Uh, steel companies. But if, if you notice, at the top of the list is not Google. It's not, you know, Apple. It's not what most people are deeming as being the best stocks. It's not Amazon. It's not those companies at all. So what is coming to life is not what people are mostly holding. I, I, I really want to stress that because I think it makes a difference. Also seeing some ch some changes in some of the financials. This is a company called Voya. One of the trends that I'm seeing is uh, as people are retiring, there's more need for annuities. And these annuities are a way for people to have a secure income stream if they don't have a pension or if they really feel like they need more security, people will be buying annuities. So you see earnings pick up in those annuity companies. And I, I have seen a little bit of that going on. But as, as you go down the list, Eagle Materials is another kind of company that you would imagine they're involved with gypsum wallboard, cement products for residential, commercial, and infrastructure applications. I mean, clearly there's an infrastructure need. So if these types of screens can be very, very, very helpful. And when I'm looking at kind of my, I don't know, basically when I'm looking at companies that I have in the prop account, most of those companies are related in those areas that I just outlined. And for client accounts that we have more broad of a uh, objective, more security involved with, you know, needing to have growth that's reliable, that's not as aggressive, 
we are definitely more broadened out into all the different sectors. But if you are an opportunistic type investor, this is one of those things, or if you're a trader, actually, this is one of those environments where you could find individual stocks that are doing very well. And why not take advantage of that? So one of the things I noticed is that the actual S&P 500 futures made a nice little bounce, came down, made a nice little bounce, is moving higher. So there's relatively low risk entry points for many of these uh, opportunities. We could have an upside surprise in the market that will blow people away. It's possible. We have a trend change. We have the leadership changing. We have earnings growth accelerating in certain areas, even though people feel negative about them. So markets tend to bottom like that, and we'll see, but the indications look more and more bullish. That's really all I wanted to talk about today. Very short podcast today. I hope you enjoyed this. One of the things I want to talk about again is my book, The Financial Freedom Blueprint. If you have not picked up a copy of this, I urge you to do that. Go to pathtorealwealth.com and pick up a copy. I'm actually signing hardcovers. So pick up a copy at pathtorealwealth.com and take a look at it because I think for a lot of people who are planning for their retirement, you'll get a lot of good tips on ways to think about how you can stay ahead of the herd. I outline seven steps to map your future, how to, what you need to do to actually have a financial plan and why you should throw away a dartboard when you invest and have a more targeted approach, um, how to protect your money. I talk a lot about some of the big decisions and big wins that people uh, need to make. Uh, you know, certain decisions that we make are very big and, and how to go about making sure that you do the best that you can with those. I talk about how there's a lot of ways that various entities and even the government are <laughs> getting their hands in your pocket. And I talk about ways to lower that, whether you should pay off your mortgage, um, how to choose the right advisor. So pick up a copy of, of uh, the Financial Freedom Blueprint. That's all for now. I hope you're doing well. We'll talk to you later. The information in this podcast is informational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. WealthNet Investments is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where WealthNet Investments and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure.